Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, After Buzzers? Welcome back to the Saturday Night Live After Show. We're going to be talking about episode two with host Phoebe Waller-Bridge, musical guest Taylor Swift. Phoebe's coming straight off these Emmy wins, and she crushed it. So I'm super excited to talk about this one. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Mm-hmm. I was so close to doing the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> We both just saw the Joker, so <laughs> Steph's real hyped on the Joker right now. So just, this is an early warning for the rest of the show. Be ready. If you're listening, just, you know. The mixture of Joaquin Phoenix and Phoebe is just insane. It's a lot. That's a heavy, heavy duo a right there. A great weekend for it, me. I agree. Great weekend for me. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Very excited to be doing the second episode. Um, We had the premiere last week, which was a ton of fun, but I'm a huge Phoebe Waller-Bridge fan, so very excited to talk about this one. My name's Amy Maestri, and look look at this beauty over here. Hey, I'm Steph Sabra, also horny, self-loathing like Phoebe (laughs) Waller-Bridge. Yes, yes. I had to intro it. (laughs) Once again, let me gas Amy up because she refuses to do it. She is our resident comedian and writer. So you and and Phoebe actually have a lot in common. We do. We're basically best friends. She doesn't know it yet. No, she doesn't know it yet. I am a comedy connoisseur Mm -hmm. and Phoebe Stan. So... (laughs) hundred. hundred. She... um, So we were actually talking about it last week. Did you do your homework? Did you watch all of Fleabag? I did not watch all of Fleabag, but I watched an episode, and I can tell you that our producer in the booth, Brianna Phipps, are you I, there? Uh, yeah, I I binged all two seasons. She over did the it. Weekend. She yes. did it. I I I sacrificed my weekend, and let me tell you, it was worth it. Everyone, shout out Brie Phipps. Everyone, troll Steph. Drag me. <laughs> Drag me. Um, it's God for anyone who has watched it. She has such a specific uh, kind of humor. She's so smart, so relatable, um, and I feel like it really translated in this episode. What were your thoughts going into it, and and how, what did you think of the episode as a whole? I am not familiar with her personality like I should be because she's such a queen. I mean, what a powerhouse two years she's had, just creatively and professionally. But uh, I guess I should have known based off what I know about her character in Fleabag. And a lot of it is, like she says in her monologue, drawn from personal experience. But I, I didn't know. She, she I judged her. She looks like a quiet type, but she is totally not. She completely, she had this presence that owned the stage in a way that a lot of hosts can't pull off. So comfortable. So, so comfortable. comfortable the whole time. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, tonight we'll we'll break down each sketch, go one by one. Um, we'll talk about the musical guests, talk about Weekend Update, go through everything. We'll hit up our special segment where we cover an anatomy of a sketch. So we just kind of go through the structure of a sketch, explain what maybe worked or what we thought didn't work in it. I'm actually very excited for the one tonight. Um, so that's going to be coming up later. We're going to get into a little bit of news and gossip. Um, and then me and Steph are just going to laugh at ourselves a lot. So we hope you do, too. <laughs> 
just like that i hope you guys are laughing just like that at home too if not just humor us it's fine um let's talk about the cold open let's just jump right in um of course get political uh I, we didn't really talk last year there was so much to talk about but about alec baldwin of course coming back to do trump we got a, tr- a break from trump this week which i feel like we all just need in general mm-hmm. um so we had this this cold open with mike pence kind of figuring out what he has to do uh, of course, Kate and AD coming back as Rudy Giuliani and William Barr, respectively. And then we got a great cameo. We had um, Matthew Broderick come yeah. in as, um, uh, who did he come in as? Uh, Pompeo. Yes. Yes, as Mike Pompeo. I I thought this was a great breath of fresh air for their cold opens. And I thought it was really funny, a really funny premise. Probably a really accurate premise of what Mike Pence is thinking. And the idea that they played on that they're all just trying to find an exit route before the impeding exit comes <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah, I think um, Kate, I love that every time she takes on a political impression that's like of some just awful man basically she always slips in so many animal references I, I think of you know sessions with like the possum and whatever and now uh, with Giuliani um, just oh, the, talking about that when she lived in the, the zoo with the gators <laughs> like there's always weird animal references that come along and I'm really here for it <laughs> when she or when he is like I'm not makeup ready I mean she just embodies this gross gross figure that he is she in really the best does. possible way um, and then we really got to see a bunch of people we had uh ben carson come in who apparently doesn't know how to get into his computer yet still i completely believe that i think that was ripped from an actual headline (laughs) that may have been that's the next whistleblower report (laughs) (laughs) ben carson doesn't know his computer password (laughs) no one would click it because they'd be like all right tell us something we don't know (laughs) next (laughs) anyone snl reference next We're just gonna, we're just gonna shout that at you. Bueller, Taryn, another SNL reference from this cold <laughs> open. I love all the Ferris Bueller references. Oh, the no. the speech at the end of how impeachment comes at you fast. <laughs> impeachment moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around, you might miss it. I do Hold have on. a question. Do you know how how SNL works with the guest appearances? Do the celebrities say, like, I would like to be a part of this? Or do you think that they have an idea and then they have an idea of who could play those people and then call them? I think it kind of has gone both ways. Like, one of the most famous ones that we talked about last week, actually, Tina Fey, she talks in her book Bossy Pants about how it was almost like there was no question. Her, like, doorman was like, oh, you're gonna play Sarah Palin, right? And and then Lauren, of course, called her, and she was like, "Okay." Um, but I, I feel like it kind of depends, you know, because especially too, like, there's a lot of SNL favorites for cameos that are just kind of I feel like on standby, you know, like like almost like a lawyer on retainer. Like, if you need me, I'm there. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, um, like so, Ben Stiller. I'm like, what's happening? Is he just? He just drops by for for cameos. That's a goal, <laughs> right? Just just to be the on retainer cameo person for SNL. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this was a great one. Fun seeing him in there. I have to say, the standout line of the sketch for me was Mike Pence saying, "Even if they're not straight now, they could still be converted to straight, right?" <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you don't know, Mike Pence was once and probably still is, but not openly talking about an advocate for conversion therapy camps, which is genocidal and psychotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, go F yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love how many times they poke fun at the fact that, like, he's in the closet. 
I mean, he doesn't go anywhere without his wife. That's proven. Like he he's a big advocate that to um, avoid temptation, you basically need a nanny because men can't be controlled unless they're watched. I'm really excited to see who um, the vice president nominee is for the Democrats, because can you imagine the fun that SNL will have with debate sketches between Pence and if it was a woman? I don't think he'd be allowed to do it, would he? His wife would have to be on stage with him. Yeah, he'd be like, I can't even look at you. I know that there's teats under that shirt. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take myself out. All right, new new drinking game for the rest of the episode. Whenever Steph says teats, teats. drink. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the monologue. Uh, wow. Killed it. Phoebe. She killed it, right? <laughs> yes, 100%. Did you have any favorite moments or just the whole thing? Oh my gosh. Um I think the I thought the whole thing was spectacular. I thought her delivery was insane. I thought the punchline at the end was perfectly done, not too long. Her timing was incredible. She's just really talented. I didn't know that she was involved with Killing Eve. I don't know where I was cuz I watched that show. And I just feel like I disrespected the great talent that is Phoebe because what a queen and she she's a natural. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how that happens with a lot of a lot of people are like a show that explodes and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, they did this. Oh, my gosh, they did this. And you keep doing that. And that's I feel like she's like living in that moment right now and she deserves it so much. Um, yeah, I feel like this this monologue was very reminiscent of Fleabag style, but also showing her own style, too. And like you said, like, it, it just, she just had so much confidence going up there. I was excited for the rest of this episode. The monologue really does set the tone, even more than the cold open. You know, like, the cold open can fall flat and I'm still like, okay, let's get, let's see how the monologue is. Yeah, and Woody's still be excited. Mo- monologue really set the tone for me. But I think that's a great point because that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of are ready for it or you're not. And I th- she just did such a good job of getting us ready for it and also kind of introducing herself to people who may not know her yet. I just love what she is, who she is and what she stands for. I, and in Fleabag, I know from the one episode that I watched, she is um, a very unique woman character in the sense that she's so dimensional. She's like, this is, we are different. We all are weird sometimes. We are horny. We are self-loathing. We are weirdos. We can be this, this, and this. And she's like, take it or leave it. Exactly. And what was the, um, before they used to, uh, to fear women who were horny <laughs> Now they give them Emmys. What a line. Drop. (laughs) Lots of mic drops already. (sighs) Already. Sucking the teats, mic drops. We're we're just going for it. Uh, Big T energy. (laughs) Let's talk about this opening sketch. uh, What's wrong with this picture? Uh, Game show, which it's funny how often game shows are at the top of the show. No, I don't. They're high energy, so I understand that. They're not always my favorite of the night. Um, and typically they do kind of go in order of strength or, you know, what they think is the strongest um, for, for picking their, their show lineup. And I understand, like, the high energy of game shows, but usually not my favorite. What did you think of this one? It was fine. I, I, this game show is not my favorite game show that they do because I think it's funny once because you're like, you idiots, like, you're missing the point. Okay, cool, but... It does rely heavily on the writing because the premise is pretty simple and I don't think that the writing was particularly awesome, but I do think everyone did a good job. It's just not my favorite game show. Yeah, agreed. 
I think, too, sometimes it, it can go either way because obviously you have the three people up there. So they're either all on board with being crazy or stupid or silly or whatever their game is. Or it's that fish out of water where there's one who's just like bananas. Um, and I've come to actually really love what is it when they do the focus groups for like Barbie. I love the focus group because they have it's such a weird element. It's like these mini strange noir monologues that they write for it. And I feel like that has so much better purpose and function than this. Because, yeah, like you said, it's, it all relies on the specifics. So it'll still be funny, like the line of like, oh, he's being misdoubtfired. <laughs> Things like, like that had me laughing out loud. But they do, really do. It all depends on those specifics. And if those don't hit hard, it's, it's just going to fall flat. Yeah. Agreed. Word. Um, oh, I got to say, too, I did love um, the, the line of uh, that he's learning the difference between Harvey Weinstein and Aziz Ansari. And he's just over it. <laughs> That was a really good specific line. I almost wanted them to go more in that vein of like, I kind of thought they were because it kind of started off like, oh, are they going to go like kind of like, I'm politically incorrect on this game show. And then it just kind of got weird and all over yeah. the place. But I, I wasn't sure if they were actually going to kind of stay in line with that for a while longer. Um, Love Island. Do you watch this show, first no, of all? No, but <laughs> I've heard so much about it and we actually cover it on After Buzz because it has such a massive following and such a bizarre premise, which I think they did an awesome job of executing that and kind of explaining what what the heck Love Island is. And yeah. that's what it is, is what they did, is what it is. So that's 100. I don't, I don't watch it. So. Yeah, it, like they just, it's weird people having sex and doing weird things. Perfect. Yeah. So their narration, which I feel like so many times in reality show parodies, makes or breaks the sketch because the, the narration is always so spot on. Um, but the, the, they have 100% pure, pure grade trash, just like us. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, all the different characters, their deliveries on them. Chloe, again, blowing up, having a great episode. Right off the bat. I know. Great Irish accent. Loved watching her in this. She has so much confidence, but I I love the fake lips. I don't know how they did that, but it does always, almost all, because we're in LA and so we're surrounded by people with lip injections and they do almost always look like an allergic reaction. That line was spot on. One of my best friends and I always, like when we'll be watching something, we're like, why did she do that to her face? You know, it's like... And so with the, I had to text her. I was like, you're going to really like this one. Sidebar, my friend has lip filler and he, um, potist, he, he was drinking, he was drinking water and he started drooling. And I'm like, your, your drink's falling out of your mouth, bro. And then he was like, I know it's one of the side effects. Like you just like, you just droop. And I, and I. I just don't know what could be worth that. <laughs> That's just an accepted part of life now, I guess. Just Oh, yeah, it's fine. I just can't I consume it. anything. Mike, I love you. <laughs> he would totally be okay with me just dragging him for a second. Excellent. Um, can we also talk about Cecily's accent? It was so strong and so thick and, like, spot on. She, I feel like she had a really solid episode, and this is her all the time. She always shows up. She's used a lot. She always shows up, even if she doesn't have, like, one big standout moment in the episode. She is so solid for everything. She's the captain of SNL right now. Oh, Whenever... captain my captain. <laughs> captain my captain. Uh, Roller Coaster Rider, what's up in the chat? Has a good point. Love the thumb for a face. Me too. 
absolutely love that so much. <laughs> yes. Because that's what people joke about when you don't have contour. Yeah. That you would look like a thumb. And it was such fun animation. <laughs> to do that and to, to go one step up of uh, Chloe's character thinking that it might be a, a hate crime because she uses too much bronzer <laughs> to then elevating it to Cecily or to Edie actually having a thumb for a face. So good. Really I do want to quickly shout out Like Roller Coaster Rider, who is with us in the chat. Thank you guys for viewing us, watching us, talking with us about our favorite show, SNL. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. I'll give you a few seconds to do that. And then after the show is done, leave us a comment because we love to keep the conversation going. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us those five stars. Leave us a review because we also love to chat with you there. So thank you guys so much. We do love this little SNL uh, shit show community we have here <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry. as you can tell we are the captains of that call me joaquin <laughs> <laughs> just call me joaquin i'm your captain now <laughs> we don't know where the show is going guys yeah, just yeah, stay yeah. with just us <laughs> ignore us on to the next get- <laughs> on to the next on to the next we're gonna actually jump over the next one because i'm gonna do that at the end of the show for the anatomy of a sketch um the the wanu midday news so for new listeners anatomy of a sketch is our special segment where uh queen amy breaks down the anatomy of a sketch she talks about it from a writing perspective like what went into it the logistics and it's actually really awesome yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about this one. I almost I wanted to it right now, but I'll make you wait. Fine, fine. <laughs> um, and then actually, it's they had there weren't there were a lot of uh, longer sketches in this one. I feel like update took up a lot of time too. Yeah, it did. Um, but so let's jump into Taylor Swift. Or actually, no, sorry, we'll um get into that in a minute. We had the War and Words um sketch right before Taylor Swift. Um, so Mikey has done this before, I believe, when Claire Foy was hosting. Um, and it's him writing home and it, it's a pure escalation sketch raising the stakes what were your thoughts on obsessed it? <laughs> I thought this sketch was so good I thought it was I actually laughed multiple times out loud during this sketch and I just thought they they both performed it so well and um, just logistically it was shot it was so simple but done well and the timing was perfect and their execution was awesome and it was just so bizarre which is I I just can't imagine being at that time writing letters like now we're instantly connected if you don't answer you're like they're dead but then back then you're just waiting for snail mail and then you have this wife who is just completely incompetent he's like you're very concerned husband that is a really good description of her just totally incompetent and it is great because they do have always that basic premise of like it's a great vehicle for it because yeah like it, it, this wouldn't be funny if it were modern day because it's a text conversation. Yeah. It's back and forth. But the fact that it's taking so long and so drawn out and then the weirdness levels just keep getting better and better and they like weave things in too. So there's like layers to it. I feel like this is very similar to an old Mr. Show sketch um, that David Cross did called The Audition where he goes in and it's literally him just doing an audition and one-upping and one-upping and escalating over and over again and it's really simple and basic but it's just like a class on how to raise the stakes and escalate throughout a sketch and this does it so well so well Mikey's expressions his reactions to everything are always like they they just add so much to it I still don't understand the Hitler aspect (laughs) do you remember he said yeah the Hitler of it all the Hitler of it all 
<laughs> oh man Every, everything in this was great um F- phoebe had great delivery on it too and i feel like the two of them bounced back and forth well which is really important for the timing in this one um but then so okay now let's get into taylor swift i knew i was getting ahead of myself oh, i've been um, waiting my whole life to get into taylor swift just take it away Steph. <laughs> oh my god taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> um, so she did Lover and False God. Lover had been released. False God just came out. Um, overall, I'm just a little bummed that she didn't do a more upbeat song because we were just talking about this last week and it was two slower ones. And she's totally the type that does do upbeat songs, especially when she can steal the set of Baychella and perform at the Billboard Music Awards and Ooh. totally kick it up a notch. So I don't know why she didn't keep that same energy for SNL. But... <laughs> I gotta say, I actually... Uh, I know you I, love her. I love her I so much. But that performance, stealing what was this, probably the best performance I've ever seen of Beyonce doing, <laughs> <laughs> getting to do everything um, at Coachella with uh, with the marching bands and honoring all the like black Southern universities. And then, ta- like, it's one thing. It's like, oh, it's a theme. It's marching band. Th- that's not what it was. It was Beyonce honoring black students and black universities with a long, rich history of doing step and doing marching and like doing all that. And then Taylor's like, I can do it, too. And I'm like, damn it. I I, like you. But this is so wrong. It's so wrong. I I don't like her. I will say she's extremely talented. Uh, No one can take that away from her. Her songwriting is incredible. She she obviously is incredible with the fan base she's built. I mean, Taylor's army is insane. And I will say I love the set design. Her outfit was awesome. The green was great. So, uh, yeah, there's positives. She's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. She's a bunch of other people's (laughs) cup of tea. That sax for False God also. I was love. I was just some some smooth saxophone Mm. at the end there. Um, I was really hoping she was going to do one of her songs called The Man because it's all just about, like, women empowerment and how, like, you have to work so much harder as a woman to get to where a man is. And she also kind of calls out Leonardo DiCaprio in it for being Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Um, but I was hoping she was going to do that because it was a little bit more upbeat and like what a great song for this beautiful cast of strong ladies um, on SNL. But I guess False God was going to be her next uh, her next single. So whatever, T-Swift, fine. As long as, as long as you're not coming out in marching band gear, then we're fine with you. Oh <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about our boys on weekend update. Uh, let's do jokes first. Did you have any standout uh, jokes before we get into the characters? I I just need to get into the characters, but <laughs> one in particular. But I love I don't remember specifics, but the um R. Kelly joke was <laughs> disturbing and great. And I thought that they were on I think they're on fire this season in the two episodes that we've had. I mean there wasn't a moment I wasn't smiling. Yeah. Because Che just brings his I'm going to say something that's going to upset half the crowd, but I don't care joke and then Jost always has kind of like what you would think is the obvious joke but then takes it a different way that's true yeah a lot of his setups you're kind of like oh and then and then he drops something else and you're like oh yeah 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 i'm in it um i loved his opening one of just that trump wants to change uh the news from or the it, from fake news to corrupt news okay. it's like kind of like how we want to change it from president to former president <laughs> <laughs> i just love that that was the first one like setting the stage um and then one of the non-political ones that i loved was um that there's uh a thing that fathers should stop drinking six months before conceiving um and the study's goal was apparently just to end Ireland I just like the phrase to end Ireland oh my gosh that one was so funny 
Um, and you know what? Let's uh, so let's just jump into the guests because we were talking about this before the show started too, and we're very excited. Let's kick it off with Elizabeth Warren, Kate McKinnon. I am obsessed with this impression. I love Kate so much, and she is so strong at this impression. And it's she's perfect for update when she's we're gonna fight and just looking fight. out into the crowd. Um, what what were your what were your overall on this? Uh, my overall is Kate can do no wrong, and neither can Elizabeth Warren. To be frank, I think that they hit her uh, hit the jokes for Elizabeth perfectly. They talk. They kind of touch on how nerdy she like classically nerdy in the best possible way and um how she's gained this grassroots following that's insane so they do a good job of hitting positives with her but also making fun of her because she is she is funny she is she's so energetic and that's what i love about her so much like she just has so much passion and so much fire and you see kate do that within her impression i know at the last debate i was watching it with my family actually when i was back home and and we were laughing because every time elizabeth warren gets asked something she's already leaning over the podium and if it's a yes or no answer she'll just go yes and here's why and she jumps right into it or no and here's why and she's so excited and kate does such a good job of bringing that energy into her impression where you're just kind of like you're amped up after you watch elizabeth warren or after you watch kate do elizabeth warren uh, and the the entire play because I saw on Twitter trending that people thought that she was sleeping with a twenty something year old Marine, and the the play on the BDSM. She's like, you know what? A, uh, things can only have legs when it seems even slightly possible, and that's so true. I saw this. I'm like, all right, catch you later. <laughs> yeah. This is even okay if it was true she's more dimensional than I thought if it's not true which it's definitely not true then get out of here <laughs> which is how they they wrapped up her segment which was so great of doing the callback of her making another call yeah. to one of her her don't uh the people who donate to her which i love that she does that by the way but and it's che he says i don't know i mean i just like that she slept with that marine <laughs> roller coaster rider in the chat says you guys are into bdsm Hard assumption. Um, if you mean bank destroying, saving Medicare, then you yes. betcha. You betcha. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight. Fight for you and you. We're just we're, let's just do it as Elizabeth Warren for the rest of the show. Um, let's talk about Mort Fellner first because I think we want to save our boy Bowen for last. Um, Mort, we can do quick. It's I love when Mikey does it. It's such a silly voice, and it, you know it's coming, but it's so funny. Yeah, I think I I love this character, and I think it it's so delightful and fun and light. So I I do love when he does it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, it, it's always nice seeing him come on there. Um, okay, so let's talk about Bone Yang. Okay, we've been obsessing over him, and for good reason. Him coming on and doing this character as the Chinese trade representative, um, Chen Bao Bao. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, And just taking on this so excited and just sassy persona was one of the highlights of this whole episode for me. I think Bowen Yang is the best cast edition we've gotten in a long time. I do love, like, Chris Redd and Ego are incredible, but Bowen Yang so quickly has just sucked up all my attention. He's brought a level a different level of comedy that we've seen in any of the current cast right now. He's just different. And what I kept touching on last week is that I think SNL writing is missing, is kind of out of touch in a sense. And 
for once there was multiple jokes that I completely am with, like the Lizzo. <laughs> like, like everything he was saying was so current and relevant, and you can tell like he's one of us, and you're reaching an audience that would understand more than. I love all the most of the jokes that are told, but this was he's just I'm just obsessed with him. Yeah, and this was a great job of combining that kind of stuff, like you said, that anyone watching is going to laugh at that Lizzo joke. They're going to laugh at just his overall persona. <laughs> he's got his Air Jordans, like everything about him. But then also they're tying it into actually something politically relevant and such a smart idea of like, oh, yeah, this guy is probably balling out right now because of everything happening politically in the world right now, too. So what a great tie in. And he was ju- he is just so calm and so cool. And I, I just, I, I'm so excited to see where he goes on this show. And he um, was making Che laugh, like, multiple times. And I feel like that's a big nod, uh, respect nod on that end. Because yeah. I don't I don't always see Michael Che laughing during the Weekend Update bits. He kind of plays along, but you could tell he was genuinely thinking it's hilarious. And I, I don't know how anyone would have been able to keep a straight face during any of that. Um, and I love just how sassy he was. <laughs> Save some of your tempeh, McKinsey. <laughs> Who's McKinsey? I don't know. <laughs> and he was talking about the tits and he's like, like, back pain. <laughs> Stop big. Just everything. I mean, it, it was just that was a perfect segment to me. A perfect length. Super excited to see to see what he brings for the rest of the and show. And he's causing a lot of good conversation. I saw yeah. this trending before I saw the episode, which is awesome because SNL has um, lost some of its viewership just because of the nature of the show and the nature of non-streaming shows now. Yeah. They're just not getting enough attention. But he is starting conversation, and I am so here for him. 100%. Big shout out for Bon Yang. Uh, let's talk about the royal romance. Um, so basically, just uh, a sketch about a show where they're talking about other interracial um, couples that have gotten you know heat before in the royal family. I was kind of hoping that they were actually going to talk about a few different ones and not just focus on one. What yeah. did you think? Yeah, I do. I do too. I I, I think it's a really good premise because. I mean, I've been in an interracial relationship and, like, you'd think it's 2019 and things are normal, but then you'd also think that racism doesn't exist anymore and newsflash, it's everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That almost even could have been a good spin on it, too, of, like, oh, yeah, this happened in the 70s, but also, like, here's when it happened two days ago. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) But I I thought that they were going to touch on this just because of the drama and commotion that has been stirring over there and the way that they've treated Meghan Markle yeah. and finally Harry's statement about her and tying it into his mom which I don't know if you guys are aware of this he made a statement like this is what happened with my mom this is why she ended up dying essentially yeah yeah it's it's awful and I, I kind of wish that they did take it to a few different couples and also throughout di- like different time periods too and that's kind of what i thought they were gonna do instead of just staying with that one couple the whole time you know uh and shocker i didn't want to look at keenan the whole freaking time either <laughs> so next next uh, <laughs> um last sketch of the night was uh buddy's state line bar definitely an end of night sketch just silly and fun and just let the girls go wild so good i i they've been doing that lately and i'm so here for it um and also beck i feel like plays so well in these sketches where it's just kind of a bunch of women teaming up on a guy he's so good at playing that like kind of douchey bro but then also just being the punching bag of a sketch too literally in this in this one (laughs) um also i will say 
listening to Phoebe Waller Bridge do an American Southern accent. Chef's kiss to the air on that she one. She did a lot of <laughs> accents this show. Yeah, she did. She did. She blew me away. Um, and let's jump into our special segment at Woo! this point. <laughs> I've been waiting all day for this. That's the end of my song. That's my theme song, guys. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about the WAN Midday News sketch. This was a sketch um, that actually Edo... Edo... Uh, Edo. Get Edo. it right. <laughs> Ego and Chris Red. Do you say? Oh, that's their celebrity name. They have to. They have to get married now. Yeah. Um, so that Ego and Chris Red wrote um, with also Michael Che and uh, Brian Tucker also lended a hand in this one. So I loved this sketch. It's perfect structurally in my mind because you get into a little bit. You understand the world we're in. They drop the game at that moment where you're like, oh, okay, this is hilarious. Keenan and Ego are both super excited that it was a white dude, not a black dude, who committed this crime. Great. Funny. Understand it. Their delivery on it was excellent. They're super excited. I'm into it. But then they go that next step and you realize it's not just them being excited that it was a white guy. It's the white people getting excited when it's a black guy. So you're like, okay, taking it a step further. From there, adding the element of Chris coming in, doing the weather, and kind of taking you out of that same aesthetic because I feel like too many times you're always in that same place and you're like okay we get it and you want to see movement you want to see something else so bringing Chris in to do the same thing and have the hurricane name be Chet (laughs) so of course that's that's a point now you have the tally so again you have something visually different you have the tally on the screen Um, and then from there just seeing the competition get higher and higher and the stakes get higher um, and the way that they were delivering it too at first you would kind of get through a whole news story and then they would find out but towards the end it would just they would just say like and then they were on welfare damn it and everyone would know or and then they went rock climbing and everyone would know climbing (laughs) yeah climbing so the way that they kind of brought each one in and the way it got shorter so that they could fit more in and see more of like kind of the banter and the bickering from the hosts of trying to like see if their team is gonna win was just so good and it didn't fall into that place that it does so often of when it's something like this where the white guy will say something that's way too over the line and they're like whoa whoa okay take a step back I'm glad we didn't get there I liked that it was literally just both sides being terrible racists and just automatically going off of stereotypes and saying it's either a white guy or a black guy and then tossing a Latino into the mix that no one cares about They just had so many different elements that were brought into this. And then at the end, the clincher, the Joker, (laughs) knowing that it was a man dressed as the Joker, 100% a white dude. Um, So from top to bottom, this was one of my, might even be my favorite sketch so far out of these two episodes um, so far this season. Ego knocked it out of the park on this. It was perfect. Everyone's delivery on it was great. And also bigger shout out to ego because guess what this is how you do edgy comedy shane gillis this is how you do comedy about race without just saying a racist thing and then a racist slur at the end of it and calling it a joke 
this is funny and this is edgy and it's different and it's a great way of showing it without just being an asshole. So huge shout out to Ego. I love this. I could not agree more with everything you just said. Uh, I'm obsessed with you, but I also am obsessed with this sketch. I thought that was exactly what happens in the brains of Americans, white or not. A lot of us, um, a lot of us liberals, I think, would say that I mean, we are so exhausted by the criminalization of the black community that as effed up as it is, when you hear a really screwed up story, you you do that sick part of you hopes that it's not a person of color and particularly in the black community, just by the rate at which they're arrested and criminalized for way more years than any other race. It's hard not to feel that excitement where you're like, thank God. Thank God. And I just thought it was hilarious that they played into the stereotypes with the Air Jordans and the Rock Klein banging <laughs> and, and all of that. So it was it was really well done. And I, I want her to do more because that's a voice in a type of sketch uh, that we've been missing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We we need those voices. And we also just need those well-crafted sketches yeah. that from beginning to end are just really well done. So perfect. Um, so Loved it. More of that, please, Echo. All the time. Um, so let's jump into a little news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Well, we just wanted to creep on Phoebe more than we had been. And she was featured in a article that was a Women's Impact Report 2019. And she was one of the women making moves. And rightly so. Uh, she was pictured... Uh, Oh, yeah, there's the pictures you guys can see. I saw Ava DuVernay. And yeah. there are so many women powerhouses making uh, great, great content. And she is one of them. She's with Olivia Coleman in this picture, who was also in Fleabag. Yes. As you said, in how many episodes was she featured in? She's in quite a few uh, between both seasons, playing um, playing her wackadoo stepmom that I, I love. She's probably in about half the episodes, if not more. Oh, mm. wow. Oh my gosh, they look so like too. <laughs> they do. They actually really so do. We just wanted to show you guys this article, and it, it, it you guys can find where it was it was on Variety. Um, and actually, yeah, it's it's a really great list. It has women from all aspects of show business too, whether they're actually directly in writing, acting, producing, direct, you know, or just uh, people on the business side, agents, uh, lawyers, you know, everyone in the entertainment industry. So it's a really good article. Awesome. So you guys can look into that and find out a little bit more about our girl. Yes. Who absolutely crushed. I'm ready for her to host again, honestly. Me too. She's definitely going to come back again. I believe so as well. But next week we have um, from Stranger Things, David Harbour and uh, musical guest Camila Cabello. So that's a, that's a fun duo. I kind of want to see them do a sketch together. I know. <laughs> um, very excited for that, though. You're a Stranger Things fan? Heck yes, I'm a Stranger Things uh, yes. fan. Are you kidding me? Let's do it next week. This is going to be exciting. Yes. Steph, in the meantime, though, where can we find you on social? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph Sabra. Thank you guys for rocking with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. You can find me on on Instagram and, and Twitter. My, my I've ego. been so good at words. <laughs> ego. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Amy Maestri. I'll try to talk next week. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.